Good morning, North Boulevard. If you're on, at our online campus, worshiping with us from anywhere in the entire world, welcome, and you should know that we count you among our missionaries to whatever place you happen to live in. If you're worshiping with us at our uh, West Murfreesboro location, then thank you for joining us, and we also count you as hometown missionaries to your part of this city, which happens to be one of the fastest-growing areas in all of the state of Tennessee. If you're a long-timer at any of our campuses or any location, I want to personally thank you for making this such an outward-focused church that has made it such a fun and blessed place for many of us to come and to worship and to serve. And if you're a newcomer or a guest with us, then thank you for joining us today, and thank you for joining us on the mission of Christ as well. My name, if you're a newcomer, is Glenn Robb, and I get to serve this church as the church planting and missions coordinator. A really fun job, and you have no earthly idea how blessed I feel and what an honor it is for me to come and to be with you as we study God's Word together this morning. Before I do, I want to say a little bit about preaching. First, I miss David Young being here with us in person and preaching for us. Uh, not only do I get to hear him preach and enjoy his sermons, as you do, but I also am privileged to be a part of a sermon planning group, a rather large group, that meets every Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock. And whoever is preaching the next Sunday directs that, that uh, session. And so all of us who participate in there have some input into the sermons that you hear and you enjoy. But most of the time, David is leading it, and much of the time is spent with him coaching, mentoring, and, and giving uh, discipling uh, examples to all of the rest of us about how to think about church, how to lead church, how to make lessons, whatever format we might be presenting them in, to be more engaging and more practical. And I'm so thankful I miss him in those as well and looking forward to him being back. I also want to clarify that uh, all of us who assist in the preaching during these uncertain times when David is fighting cancer, last week in his message, he talked to us about what it means to fight an illness. So if you missed last week's message, you're going to enjoy going back and hearing what he said about that. Uh, you will be greatly blessed, and that is recorded on our website if you'd like to go and find it. But all of us who have participated and will participate in the sermons, uh, presenting sermons during his absence, we're not trying to compete with David. We're not trying to show him up. We're not even trying to imitate David. We're just loving him, and we're trying our best to provide enough space for him to heal well so that he can be back with us and resume his regular duties preaching for us. As a matter of fact, you, you need to know an update. He is recovering still from his surgery from a few days ago. The surgeon ended up opening him up to remove a small part of his right lung, so the recovery is taking significantly longer than David had hoped, for sure. Uh, the good news is that the surgeon removed the cancerous mass from his lung, and so everything looks clear at this moment. And David is hoping to be back in circulation in a couple of weeks and back preaching for us regularly soon thereafter. So we're looking forward to that. And uh, he told me to tell you that he misses his church family enormously. So I'm passing the word along. In case you see him, tell him that I did pass it along. Actually, he's watching. Thank you, David, for passing that word to us. As mentioned last week, David has, has planned 
a very fun series from the book of Colossians that I think all of us are going to enjoy a lot. It will begin in a few weeks, but today we are starting a new series, a summer series, about Jesus Christ and how Christ brings life into the world and especially for you. Uh, Before we jump into that lesson, I'd like to pray, if you will, just pray with me for a moment, okay? Our God, we are so, so thankful for your grace and your mercy. We're thankful for, oh, so many blessings that you've given to us. But this morning, we are praying and hurting for those who are in our own church that are struggling with a lot of different illnesses especially those that are in a fight for joy and peace despite the presence of significant and acute illnesses. Father, we pray for people like David Young, whose health challenges are significant, although they've come recently. And we pray for many who for years have been battling cancer or other diseases or other chronic diseases. Father, we turn these people over to your hand. We trust them to your mercy and grace. And we pray that you will be glorified through them first of all. And also that you'll be glorified through all of us. But today, Father, we also request that you will grant them the gift of healing. We want to pray for this church, that it will reflect your glory. And we pray for the different sermon series coming up uh, all through the, the rest of this year, Father. We ask that they will help us all to see more clearly and to act more courageously. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Today we're going to be reading from Luke chapter 2. If you'd like to click in your Bible or open your Bible to that location, you'll enjoy reading some of the verses there along with us in just a moment. As you do so, I want to remind you of a simple fundamental fact of life. Uh, You can remember this easily sometimes, and then when things are going a different direction, you forget it. But the reality is that your world is is broken and you need help. In addition to health concerns that we've just been talking about, uh, we're all grieving this week when children, children have been targeted by violent acts in Texas. It came only a few weeks after a racially motivated shooting in the state of New York. And remember, the news only catches the big things on a daily basis. One single life at a time, hatred, selfishness, anger are the tools that Satan uses all around the world to destroy life, both literally and figuratively. It's a a warning to us that your world is broken and you need help. You know this is Memorial Day, don't you? Yes, of course you know, and I'm so impressed that you've included God in your Memorial Day weekend plans. Thank you. That's inspiring uh, in every way, and it says a lot about your heart and what you value. But you know, Memorial Day is a lot more than hot dogs, ice cream, swimming parties, and, tra- and road trips. Uh, for you who are younger, I've got news for you. Memorial Day was not designed to be a national beginning of summer party. It was designed for something different. More than 150 years ago, it was established as a way to remember those who died serving in our armed forces in this nation. The number of those people now is in excess of a million people. Some of those are your friends. 
for your relatives. For some of you, it's hit you very close. And we pause to remember that. It's the result of our nation being involved in more than 100 wars during our nation's history. And it's another reminder that the world is broken and you need help. The most recent Global Peace Index for 2021 reported that global peace has deteriorated statistically for the ninth time in a row. But it's not just global peace that's the issue, is it? It's personal peace. It's the peace within your family, your friends, and your own environments that is even a bigger challenge probably for you because life certainly has a way of beating you up. Naturally, you join all the rest of us in looking for something better, wishing for good, looking for hope. There's no shortage of proposed ideas about how we might solve these problems in the world, are there? But the reality is, if more money would have helped, then the most satisfied, content people would be in the wealthiest zip codes, wouldn't they? And if stricter government regulation had been able to fix all of it, then the people living in imperial governments and dictatorships would have been the most content. But the reality is these and all other issues have not solved the problem. You want to know why? Because the broken world will not fix the brokenness of the world. It hasn't and it will not. The broken world will not fix the brokenness of the world. We need something from outside to help us. And there is hope. The hope is that Jesus Christ came into the world bringing hope and he broke into our world in a dramatic and unexpected way. He came as a baby. A baby born to a virgin with no earthly father involved. And even his adopted dad when he was born was of a lower class at the time of his birth because of the circumstances. Many of you know this. He was unable to provide more than a feeding trough to serve as a baby bed for Jesus when he came. The first announcement of this hope came to a lowly group of sheep herders, and it came also in a most unexpected way. We're going to read about that in just a second. So for all of you who love Christmas in the summer, this is your day, isn't it? We're going to talk about the shepherds today. Actually, we're not going to have a Christmas sermon, but we are going to have a shepherd sermon. And that is because I want you to feel the experience of those shepherds who received the first announcement. And I want you to follow their example in four distinct ways. The first of those is, I want you to recognize what others do not even realize. I'm going to start the reading in verse 8 of Luke chapter 2, where Luke records these words. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to him, appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths, 
lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. You see, the good news is that hope has broken into our world from outside in order to fix the brokenness that is inside. The gospel, a word that means good news, is the message that there is a spiritual reality that is both accessible and understandable to you. A a spiritual reality that you can implement in your life in order to experience that hope. Jesus really does bring life. Christ is the answer to your greatest needs. He brings power of good in order to defeat the powers of evil in the world and also in your life. You're instinctively uh, drawn, I know, to those stories of good and evil. How do I know that? It's because of all the nursery rhymes, the books you've read, the movies you've watched. It's all of those epic stories that we all enjoy so much. And every single one of them talks about the struggle between good and evil. And guess what epic theme goes through most of them? Hope breaks into our world from outside. Jesus is that ultimate hope. He has broken into our world and he brings hope. The shepherds recognize this reality while others had no clue what was going on the night Jesus was born. Same thing happens today. Some people recognize the reality of what's happening, and some people have no clue, even though it may be dramatic in front of them and clear as can be. If you're with us today and uh, you haven't really decided about Christianity, maybe you're considering Christianity and someone brought you here today just to, to try it out, if you've done that and you, you're unsure about what you think about these stories, listen, I understand. It's a wild story. It's hard to explain, isn't it? A baby that's born to a virgin with no earthly father, a bright light that appears, making the sky appear like daytime in the middle of the night for a bunch of sheep herders, an angel that comes with some magnificent message. And I don't know how the people knew Those shepherds knew it was an angel. I don't know how, but this I know. They were terrified according to what the Scripture said. And the first thing the angel said, like most angels said in Scripture, if you read this, is don't be afraid. Well, they were afraid. You you probably think you would like to be in the presence of an angel, but based on that, you might be terrified as well. That's a wild story. And then the host of other angels that are screaming, yelling, or singing, or proclaiming a message themselves all in the middle of the night. It's a lot to accept. It is a wild story. Why do you think Luke researched it to see if it was actually true and to get all of the details and to put them in one of the Gospels? He wanted you to be able to understand it clearly and to be able to realize what he realized, and that is the very arrival of Jesus Christ into the world. Just the fact that he arrived answers many of your greatest questions about life. Questions such as, what are my origins? Why am I here? How should I live? And where am I going? After I die, where am I going? 
Those are great questions. And they're questions that every single human being addresses in some form or another and comes to some conclusion in their mind as they travel through life. Luke knew something that you needed to know. And he recorded it for us in chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. And that is that Jesus did bring good news. That's the message that the angels said. Jesus did bring great joy to the world. Jesus did bring salvation. Salvation from sin, from guilt. Salvation from all of the fears that we have of death. He ultimately ultimately destroys the work of Satan in the world, transforming we who are his followers into the kingdom of God. According to this passage, Jesus is the Messiah, a Hebrew word that meant the anointed one, the one that God had chosen and anointed. And indeed, Jesus is divine, fulfilling all of those ancient prophecies about the Messiah and the expectation of what it would be like when God blesses the nations of the earth. The very same passage we just read said, Jesus is Lord, a term that had previously been applied only to God, the Creator. And so it declares that Jesus also is divine, that He also is involved in the creation of the world. If you would like to know what it would be like if God were to walk in your footsteps, were to live in your life, were to face your challenges, then Jesus shows us exactly how that would be and how to live. Jesus does show us how to live, to live in abundant, joyful harmony with God, with other people, and with the world. Here's another lesson. Learn when others leave. Read it with me from Luke chapter 2, the next two verses, 15 and 16. The shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Now these are simple verses, very simple. But it's a challenge to me and a challenge to you to not settle for casual knowledge of truth, okay? Some people will receive spiritual truth and then park it on the side and leave it. Some people will just leave and not not think about it anymore. It's hard to imagine after what happened to the shepherds that they would have done that. But some people in a figurative sense have done exactly the same thing. Learn more. Dig deeper. That's exactly what these shepherds did, isn't it? Did you notice that? Did you notice how urgently they hurried off? The first thing they said, let's go check this out. Let's go make sure. Let's see about these things the Lord has told us about. When you follow that example, here's what you're going to find. The Bible is not just full of a bunch of disjointed stories here and there, but it is one singular cohesive story about God destroying evil and blessing the nations and blessing them through you. Today, I'm supposing because I'm speaking to you in a worship assembly that you're likely to have already recognized that there are angels that exist. 
you recognize heavenly host is not something that, that is unusual, that a loving creator exists, and the arrival of Jesus is true, and he did bring the hope that we all are looking for. If that's true, then I want to ask you, never let someone convince you that you're crazy, that you're ignorant, or that you're foolish because of the things that you believe. On the contrary, I believe firmly that that is a rational and reasonable understanding of your world and your life and eternity where we're all going next. If you're a young person, this is really, really important. The worldly answers to all of those big questions of life are not better than what Jesus gives. People will tell you that they are, but they are not. Now, it's okay to question your faith, young or old. It's okay to ask questions or even to, to uh, explore your faith and try to confirm your faith. As a matter of fact, that's expected. Truth never, ever, ever fears questioning or research or digging deeper. And so don't be afraid of that. But it is not acceptable to throw your Christian worldview out just because someone criticizes it and someone says, this doesn't make any sense and this is a wild story and how could you believe that? And I'm telling you that because they usually do not offer any alternative perspective, no answers for your greatest questions of life. And if they do, their answers are more wild and more crazy and less, you have less ability to accept them. So young or old, the stories of Scripture, of Jesus breaking into the world and bringing hope and bringing life, it is true and it is the foundation of your life if you want to have abundant life. The shepherds were willing to learn more to explore what they had heard and to find out if it was true, to confirm and then to grow in their faith. And a lot of you have done exactly the same thing. A lot of you are examples of what that looks like. Here's one within our own church. Warren Swan, with his girlfriend Kaylin, visited our West Murfreesboro location in 2015 for the first time. They both believed in Jesus Christ, but they had experienced a period of being spiritually unsettled and spiritually disconnected. They were willing to learn more, to look for hope. After getting married, they connected with a life group within our church in order to connect with other people and to share their lives and to learn how to grow spiritually in better ways. Then Warren joined a service team at our church so that he could get to know some of the other people who were helping and helping with set up and take down at the West Campus. And those experiences of being with other people helped solidify his faith. They both took advantage of adult retreats, adult spiritual retreats, in order to learn more and to confirm their faith and to grow. They began serving as leaders of one of our life groups and that helped them to grow even more because when you start to explore these things, there is naturally within you a desire to help other people and to serve other people and to participate in ministry in some way or another. At this time, they stepped back a little bit from leading because when you have a bunch of preschoolers in your house, then uh, it can take a lot of time. So work pressures and preschoolers, they, they are living testimonies that you don't always crowd everything in, but you do what you can when you can, and you're always eager to learn more and to test your faith and to grow. 
That's what the shepherds did, and I think that's what we're called to do. Now, they've got a baby at home also. Her name is Violet. She's as cute as can be, and she's only a few weeks old. Violet has no earthly idea of how blessed her life is because her parents were willing to learn more when others would just leave spirituality aside. And that's your challenge as well. So Warren and Kaylin, whether you're worshiping with us online today or live at the West Campus, thank you for your example. I pray that many other people will follow you. Here's another lesson from the next verses. Share when others are silent. Share when others are silent. Listen to these next two verses. When they had seen him... They spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed. They were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Again, simple passage, simple verses, but they have a profound truth to them. And that is this, when you realize how good this story is, it will change your entire life. Actually, most people, the shepherds probably just like me, when I began to realize the implications of this story, most people have this sort of reaction. Could this story really be true? Could Jesus really be all that he's claimed to be? Could the angel's declaration uh, and announcement about Jesus, could all of that stuff really be true? Is it possible? Yes. Yes, it is. And as you begin to live that, then you will see that it's difficult to keep silent. That was true of the shepherds, wasn't it? Because after they had seen Jesus, they spread the word. I'm sure it was something like, you won't believe what happened to us. Well, people were amazed. It says that in the scripture. Of course they were amazed. And of course, Mary, who already knew a part of the story, was also amazed and pondered all of these things in her heart. We do the same thing. It's right to be amazed because it is an amazing story. But remember, Luke, who wrote this, he didn't see it either, did he? He researched it to verify the details he knew that it's good news and that it's worth sharing. And so he wrote it to make it easy for you to share the story with others. One of my own challenges is uh, how in the world do I break the rhythm of my life to have spiritual conversations with others so that I can share this as well? Now, here's one of the barriers that I've had to overcome, and I want you to overcome this as well. I want you to stop thinking about what you're supposed to tell and teach other people about Jesus, okay? Now, there is a space for that, but don't worry about that up front. I want you to start thinking about what questions you can ask the other people about spiritual things so that you can initiate a spiritual conversation. And then I want you and me to let the Holy Spirit work through His Word through their lives, in order for those people to discover the truths of God and of Jesus for themselves. What we found is if a person discovers a message for themselves, they're more likely to remember it and to act upon it. And if a person says, I learned this from God's Word, from God Himself, they're more likely to stay faithful to it forever for the rest of their lives. But if they hear a preacher say it or hear you say it, they say, well, that person believes this, but I don't have to believe it that way. We've got to start engaging people and asking questions. And I've got some practical ideas on how to do that. The first one is this sermon series, 
which will go for a few weeks focusing on the life of Christ and how Christ brings life into our world. But it's a direct series off of one of our Discovery Bible Study Scripture sets in what we have published at North Boulevard in the form of bookmarks. Now, these don't have to be bookmarks. They could be scribbled on a napkin. They can be in your brain. You can just turn to the Bible passages. But we, if you've been at North Boulevard for a while, you already know this. If you're a newcomer, you may not. During many of our sermon series, we've printed bookmarks with the key passages for the sermons on the bookmark. And on the back has a series of questions that you can ask to yourself. It's much more fun to ask in a group of people, especially if you've got three to five or six people there. Uh, And then you get to see and discover for yourself what the passages teach. They also encourage other questions that will help you in terms of how to pray, to be thankful to God, uh, in in terms of how to reach out and, and encourage other people as well. We've developed this because we've seen it work in our global missions program incredibly well. We've seen simple methods like this when combined with prayer and fasting and some other things that have transformed the lives of not hundreds or thousands, but tens of thousands of people and started churches not by ones or twos or a few dozen, but by hundreds of churches. And so we developed this. It's a variation. This particular series is called the Life Series. Let me show you what it looks like. There are four different sets of scriptures, and each one is designed to give an overview, leading to an overview of the entire biblical story. I call it from creation to eternity. The first one is about the Old Testament and the beginnings of everything. The second one is about the life of Jesus Christ. The third one, about how to have new life yourself in responding to Jesus. And the fourth one, about how to live as a disciple of Christ now that you've made a decision to follow Him. There are other scriptures you can use. There are other methods that you can use. But some of us here at this church use this as our only evangelistic tool to teach other people about Jesus Christ. And it can be very, very effective. So here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to take time to practice a discovery Bible study using some scripture from this Life of Christ series. Now you can find these at our website. If you're online, you can click on the website and you can read all of these. Actually, this one is available there in Spanish, Portuguese, Chinese, and English. Uh, Some of the others are translated into other languages as well. You can look at all of them. But this is the one we'll be using for our summer series about Christ. And now you know exactly what the sermons are going to be, so you can prepare ahead of time to be ready. Uh, You can use this in your discipleship group or your life group or your personal devotions and you can look at next week's passage and study it ahead. I want you to do this because this is one of the easiest and simplest ways to present the gospel to another person. Asking, are you willing to study what the Bible says about Jesus. And then sit with them and study this. But it's not a study where you're pushing things on them and where you have to go get a college degree so you can tell them everything. It's a study where you let the Scriptures themselves present the truth of God's Word to the heart of the other person. And it is beautiful. When, it, when it's in practice, you will enjoy both the experience of doing it yourself and sharing it with other people as well. I have another challenge here from our shepherd friends and that is to praise when others are passive 
to praise when others are passive. Listen to verse 20 of Luke chapter 2. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. See, when they dug in deeper and they tested everything, it was all just as they had been told. They confirmed it, and it strengthened their faith. And as a result, what they did was to start glorifying God, praising Him. Now, that means to exalt God. It means to show His value. It means to make Him famous in your circles, whatever circle that is. I don't know exactly what it means for you to praise God or to glorify Him. We've studied some about that in previous lessons, about what it means and what it looks like to praise. But whatever it is, it's exalting the name of Christ, and it's giving honor to God, our Creator. And when people see you doing that, they will be compelled to know more as well. I want you to notice that these verses point out that the things they had tested were true. And so, like those shepherds, what you're told about Christianity should be tested and proven, and you will find it to be true. Keep digging. Keep learning. Don't take my word for it. Don't take anyone's word for it. But be patient. And you will find that the reality about Christ is just as the Scriptures have said. When you have confidence in that good news you will experience the great joy that the angel claimed would come. When you have confidence, then you will experience and live in hope because you will know, as I know, and billions of people who've gone before you have known, that hope has broken into your world in the person of Jesus Christ. And He alone, no one else, he alone can fix the brokenness of the world. In a moment, we're going to sing the song, Here I Am to Worship. And it's a, it's a reminder that, yes, we are called to praise God and to worship Him. And as we come to a confident faith in Him, that will be the natural expression. If we can inspire you more in any way, or pray with you for some special need that you might have, or help you take your next step in following Jesus. Then if you're online, click the button that has a prayer counselor waiting for you right now. If you're at the West Campus, then there's a table at the right-hand side as you exit the worship area, and there's a prayer team there ready to receive you, to pray with you, and to help you. And in this room, if you're here with me in this East Murfreesboro location, as you exit, turn immediately to the left, and there's a prayer room where people are waiting to pray with you and help you as well. I invite you to do that as we all stand right now and sing.